Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witt, here with one of our favorite residents, the Michael Diaz. Michael, say hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you, Witt, for that amazing introduction. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, uh, as we usually do, we interview the person who preached on Haggai Chapter 2. And while I did preach Haggai Chapter 2... Michael also was preaching Haggai 2 uh, in our Spanish-speaking service. Um, Michael, how did it go? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I think it went really well. Yeah, Yeah, how how do you answer those questions? When someone says, how did you do it? Yes, I usually tell them, well, you you will have to ask the people that received the message. Right. And not me. Yeah, it's very difficult, especially right after. How did you do it? <laughs> I, I, I think it was okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how was preparing this week? So I just did a lot of prayer. I think most of my time, I tried to balance it with it, with prayer, um, knowing who I am mm-hmm. um, before, who God is, and how He has had that grace with me just to save me. Yeah. Um. So it was a lot of time just thinking about it. And then, of course, just reading, meditating on scripture, and asking questions to amazing people like yourself. <laughs> yes, we did talk a lot this week, didn't we? Yes. Um, so, what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to work through Haggai 2, but also we're going to be comparing each other's notes and sermons and things like that. So, um, how many points did you have for Haggai chapter 2? I had three points for chapter two. Were they verses one through nine, ten through nineteen, and twenty to twenty-three? That's correct. All right. Well, that's how we're going to work through. So, um, Haggai chapter two. Uh, my heading says the coming glory of the temple. What was the main point for verses one through nine? So, in my points, I had the presence, the promised presence of God. In the middle of that construction. Okay. So what is Haggai trying to tell his audience? I think Haggai in this chapter is trying to encourage encourage them and trying to be um, of a like just telling them, hey, I am with you, please work. So I think he's reminding them of who he is and how he's in the middle of his people mm-hmm. in the time that they're facing of discouragement probably because of everything that was going on. So um, work that through for us. So maybe in your sermon or maybe things that you didn't get to preach in your sermon, how did that lead to some practical application for the people? Yeah, so I think that, and even like looking back to these past weeks, months in this in the middle of this year that we are living as this country um there's a lot of things that are not kind of like um concrete like there are not things that are like um that you can rest upon those things right. so we have seen gas prices going over the roof like we have seen inflation mm-hmm. all of these things that make the people probably not be stable right um so i think that Thinking about this chapter, um, the Lord is calling them to look upon His presence and upon Him 
and to rest that he has promised them that he is in in the middle in dwelling right. within his people that's good how is it for your own heart at this point yeah so my my own heart is the same um so seeing how um i have been through a lot these past like probably weeks and months um just moving from puerto rico to here and seeing how like my stability comes from god's presence and not the things that i can like probably see right. in front of my eyes um and that can be seen in many ways but just focusing on god's presence that is that is with me that's good okay i'm gonna give a little rundown of what i preached on and Please you feel so you feel free to ask any questions yes or... how was for you <laughs> Pastor Wayne? how was for you uh it was good i mean once again we talked throughout the week just kind of sharing what we're learning and observations things we're excited about things we were confused on um so it was good you know i kind of mentioned this to you i try to I mean, when i find out i'm preaching i mean since i'm not preaching every week i have the luxury of just looking at the text a couple weeks ahead you know and just and just be reading it um and kind of that meditation you know some of you are reading habits of grace uh meditating on god's word um and what allows me to even read ahead, like as I see things in life, as I hear other scripture, I'm able to kind of compare and contrast it to Haggai and um, see what's going on. So, I mean, I started a couple weeks out just kind of reading it, you know, nonchalantly, and then just writing it, reading it over and over again, trying to outline it, things like that, you know, when you start actually studying it, commentaries, uh, talking to other people. Uh, that's kind of the kicker, you know, it's, it's, I guess that's study time. And then as you said, like, just kind of praying, you know, um, praying for sermons are interesting because um, you do start to, like, you kind of lose your maybe balance there a little bit of, like, okay, like, sometimes the prayers are like, oh, I'm forgetting preaching this. Like, I'm just, like, reading it, studying it, and it's like, oh, that's good. Like, let me pray about that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to pray that like, this would help other people, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the study it, right? And then um, verses 1 through 9, I had three promises. I just saw promises kind of all over this chapter. Yeah. And so the first one was promise of the temple. So me and Thomas were kind of talking about this. Of when preaching, you don't want to skip the immediate point. Right, that Haggai was telling people to go straight to Jesus. Uh, at the same time, I was like, it's kind of hard because like Jesus is all over this chapter. Uh, That's right. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously he's all over the scriptures, but like that line, you have to go from here to Jesus was very easy, right? The, the coming temple, yeah. it will be the glory, it will be greater. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like, oh, that's that's Jesus, that's right? Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that was kind of. Uh, but I just saw us, right? Because I went to. We are the temple. Did you go to that? You, I think you mentioned First Peter two. You were thinking about. Yeah, and I also mentioned how like um, he is referring to us as well as that temple. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I went a little bit to how we, the church, are the body. Yeah. And like we're just part of this as the body of Christ. That is the church, and we see that through the local church. Right. And 
in this case, Park Baptist Church. Yeah. So that's kind of where I think Haggai, maybe somewhat surprisingly, is so relatable to where we're at now. And that's kind of where I was trying to draw out is like, we're very much like these people. We are working on the temple of God, waiting for Christ. And he's given us promises to help us work and wait. You know, that's kind of the general idea. So that was kind of like my main point is God's promises help us to work and to wait for the Lord. Um, so, yeah, we're the temple through Jesus Christ and we need to work. So I think, like you mentioned, like, but, yeah, I mean, just the, every ordinary thing, right? Like, that's their struggle is they're discouraged to build because they don't see the point, right? They can't really see. It's very ordinary, mundane. Like, we're just laying brick almost. Yeah. But, like, God cares. And like, there's glory there. And so I wanted to highlight practically for the people just, you know, as you're listening, right? Like, text someone. Send them a text. Like, pray for someone, you know. Have someone over for a meal. It seemed like normal things. But what you're doing is, like, you're building up the temple of God, you're helping making it clean and pure, and because one day the, the church will descend like this is like a, like a bride, right? Adorned like a bride for, for Christ, so that's what we're working towards. Um, but yeah, this, it was really good, uh, especially that, that John 2 text where he's like, yeah. yeah, destroy this temple, three days I'll yeah. raise it up. He's speaking about his own body. Yeah. And he said, we are the body of Christ. We so, are. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Anything else from verses 1 through 9 that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I mean, um, basically looking at those verses as well, seeing that discouragement that was seen, that they were facing because of how you mentioned that they were probably looking at that physical things, like, yeah, just bricks and wood <laughs> and whatever. Right. Um, but it's impressive how... Um, they were kind of looking back as well as the greater temple that Solomon had built. Right. And they're like, yeah, this is not going to be the same. It's right. not going to be compared. And some of the practical ways that we went in the Spanish side um, is that we often want to look back to history. Hispanic culture is big on going back, our heritage, and seeing like, oh, those were great times. Yeah. But then the Lord is like, hey, I was the one operating back then I'm doing my work now and I will continue to do it um, in the future days and that's probably where I want to like just be thankful that the Lord is still working and he has promised his presence to you and then he will finish the work mm -hmm. and it's not based upon the things that we can or cannot see yeah Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10 it says say not why were the former days better than these? For this is not from wisdom that you asked this. Right? Ecclesiastes is like, don't look back and say, why were the why were those days better than these? Yep. He's like, that's that's not wisdom. It's very and he goes on to the next point. Exactly. Yeah, that's not wise. No. <laughs> <laughs> like and once again, which is very interesting because Haggai too, what's he tell them to do? Mm -hmm. He tells them to look back. Yeah. But look back not to say those days were better. It's look back and say, "Oh, God is with us, yeah, and He'll always be with us." Mm -hmm. And so there's a difference. Like, there's an unhealthy nostalgia, but there's a I don't know if it's nostalgia, but just a looking back to see God's faithfulness. And yeah, He's with us. Yeah, and I think that's what God is doing when He tells them, 
Yeah, look back. Look what I did when I delivered you from the hand of Pharaoh. Right. And he's like, yeah, I want you to look back, but that you will see me and my hand within you guys. Right. So that you can rest in my promises that I'm giving you now. And I think, like, we mentioned a little bit about, like, if you're doubting, if the people in that moment were actually like, huh, are you able to fulfill your promise? Like, yeah. is your promise really something that you are going to be able to fulfill? He's right. like, just look back. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. I'm doing it now, and I will do it. Yeah, that's good. Uh, second point, uh, verses 10 through 19. Um, Michael, what the heck's going on in these verses? This is a very odd story about food defiling or becoming holy based on physical contact. What is yeah. the, what is the Lord doing here? I think it's a little bit of a um, similarity in the first message because now we're entering the third message that Haggai is giving to his people. We're in December. Exactly. <laughs> um, so... Looking back to the first message, he did kind of the same, right. the same thing of talking about how they were, wanted to fill their own bags, but it was like they were broken. Right. And here he's talking to the priesthood, and he's telling them like, "Hey, look at the things that are going on, right. just because none of you guys turned towards me." Right. So I think it's like. A little bit of, hey, look what I told you in chapter 1 and look at this chapter now, like this message that I'm giving you. Um, it's part of like, yeah, um, because you haven't turned to me, your life is a mess, basically. And that was shown on how agriculture and their whole, their whole land wasn't being fruitful for the work that they were putting in. Yeah, that's good. Um, so what's the food touching things like what's going on there yeah I think going back to the laws he asked them like look for the instructions right um, it's a kind of like analogy so that they can see that hey purity or cleanliness is not easy to get um, whether uncleanness right. is something that is easily transferable right if that's a word that I can say yeah so and then he goes to telling them yeah that's what you're doing here you think that you are being more clean by just being close to the work right of the, temple, you, yeah. of the temple yeah but you are not you haven't turned to me right so seeing that the works were not the ones making them clean for sure what do you think about that I like it, but something you mentioned to me this week that I used um, in their theology, how would they have been made clean? What would they have to done? They would turn sacrifices? to God, make a sacrifice. Yeah. Where would they have made the sacrifice? Yeah, they had to go to the temple. They had to go to the temple. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of mentioned that's more motivation for them to get the so work done. Yep. Because working on the temple won't make them clean, but the sacrifices made for them would, is what would have, right? Obviously through faith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I went. And I kind of drew that illustration, right? So <clears throat> they haven't turned to God. Th terrible things are happening. 
but the only thing that can make them pure and clean is a sacrifice. Yeah. Right. And that's where, um, once again, so it's, uh, it's kind of hard not to, right? Not to go to Jesus. Yeah. I think you hear that, right? I mean, as a preacher, you're like, okay, don't make a beeline to Jesus just because you don't know what the text is saying. So it's like, you'll find a way to Jesus, even though yeah. it's not there. But like, once again, like you, we wrote, we went to the new Testament, right? Jesus touches the leper. The leper gets healed and cleaned. We yeah. woman discharged of blood, touched, clean, dead dead girl, touch reach out, touch see each one highlights the fact there was touching going on. Yeah. And it's because this one says the garment, right? And the woman mm-hmm. discharged blood said she didn't touch him, she touched his garment. Yeah. And she was made clean. And so you see that like okay, well well according to the law, shouldn't Jesus be made unclean? Well, he should be, but he's not. They're becoming clean. What's happening? And so we went to Hebrews chapter 10 and talked about the sacrifice that was made once for all because what was going to make them clean, right? There, it was the point. Build the temple. Build the temple for so, the sacrifice. So you can make a sacrifice. Yeah. And, we'll, and so what they do is take the blood and sprinkle it, right, to yeah. make those things clean again. Yeah. Well, why can Jesus touch them and make them clean? Well, he is the sacrifice that is going to be made. He's taking their sin and making, he is what those things are pointing to. Right? Even Hebrews 10, he talks about that. The, the shadow of things former were pointing to something yeah. you know, real. So, uh, so that was kind of my big spiel to just even the non-Christian listening. Okay, is this you? Yeah. Right. Have you noticed your toil, you went for 50 and you were coming back for 20. Yeah. Your life, have you realized that living for yourself is just leaves you wanting more, and uh, and you may th- you're probably here you might be here today thinking oh by going to church, I'll be made clean. It's like no like you don't have to do anything you just gotta look to Jesus. So that was really my I think the main point there. The high guy was trying to tell them right yeah your work can't make you clean. Yeah. Which how do you not go to Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you have any uh, any applications there? I mean, that was my that was straight gospel. Like I think, yeah, we did the same thing. Okay. Um, it was more heading towards um, this is not the way that you get into right terms with God. Right. You don't come to church and try to be yeah. um, looking in a certain way. Right. And this is how you can fix things with God and the things that. Um, we were we went straight to the gospel as well. Yeah, uh, you can. You just can. <laughs> you you want to try? The Lord is gonna say, "Yeah, everything that you're giving to me, all these sacrifices, yeah, are just not what I want, not yeah. what I need, not not what's going to make you clean." Yeah. So uh, we went straight to the gospel. How God's grace is yeah. um, the one that actually cleans us when we turn to Him, signaling to that verse. Um, 11, I think it was, when he's like, but none of you turn to me. Yeah. Um, so I think we just mentioned that we went there, and that was it. I think it's interesting, though, because the second message, he said what? Work on the temple. Mm-hmm. First message, work on the temple. Third message, work on the temple won't save you. Won't save you. <laughs> <laughs> work, work, work. Oh, yeah, by the way, this is not making you any better. I can't love you more because of, yeah, you know, this because work. of the work. Yeah, it's just it's very interesting. Uh so, which leads us to our uh, 
Last one, verses 20 through 23. A signet ring, a chosen one. Where, where, where do you go for that, Michael? It's funny because as you're mentioning the signet ring, um, the people that are hearing are not looking at you right now as you're playing with your ring. I am playing with my um, ring right now. So, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit funny. But um, I found it interesting and where we went is that God is talking about his authority over every other kingdom that can rise and fall right. in this earth. And then that signet ring, how kings back then will pass that down mm -hmm. in the midst of I'm giving you the authority right. of like sealing these documents, my right. message, what I'm trying to communicate. You have that authority just because I have given you that authority right. with the signet ring. So I think that's pretty interesting how um, God uses that language that he has used before with Joseph and other people throughout history. Yep. And now we're seeing here with um, Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. There yeah. it is. There it how is. How would how, you say it? Um, Zerubbabel. There it is. <laughs> yeah. um, now, did you go to Jeremiah for this? To his I didn't. His grandfather. Didn't. So, Tell me more about it. <laughs> so we did talk about his grandfather, uh, okay. Zerubbabel's grandfather, and uh, you know, in Jeremiah he tells him, right, if you were my signet ring, Right, I would take you off and throw you away. Like, and so the last time Zerubbabel's heard signet ring, it was uh, not a good thing. Right, <laughs> I'm gonna throw you. He's gonna take you off and throw you into Babylon. That's what yeah. I'm gonna do if you're my yep. signet ring, uh, which is what happened. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, but I thought it was very interesting. Right? So now he's kind of in a positive light. You're my chosen signet ring, and yet he's not mentioned ever again. It's like, oh, Zerubal, you're my chosen signet ring, and nothing else. Yeah. Why is there nothing else mentioned about Zerubal, <laughs> even though he is the chosen signet ring? Yeah. What do you think? Um, I think again, like, and and I think we talk about this during the week a little bit, on how sometimes we are already looking back to the first coming of Jesus, but we are still waiting on his second coming. Yeah. These people were looking ahead to the first coming of yeah. Jesus. Um, so just because of that, we already had kind of like our mindset on like, yeah, they're talking about Jesus um, and so forth. But I think that here what he's doing is, of course, pointing to that future messianic um promise and kingdom yeah. that was going to come and he uses some words that like I have um, elected you is that what it says in the chosen English? You. chosen you yeah um, in Spanish escogido yeah the chosen so it was pointing of course to something bigger and I think the language that he's using um, as we compare with Jeremiah is in a positive way of like hey this time it's just because the verses prior to it mm -hmm. on, hey, I have authority over everyone. Right. Over every kingdom. And he's going to destroy them. And Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I have authority over them. Okay, I'm going to destroy them. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you, yeah. I have chosen you. Yeah, so it's in a positive light. Yeah. So, yeah, we, right, we, we made the mark, right? Yeah, you said they're waiting for the Messiah. Yeah. So, it's, right, the king is coming. And he says, what does Jesus say? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yeah. Okay. Where are we at, though? 
we're still waiting for our yep. king to return. And that's kind of where we think Hebrews. So we went to Hebrews yeah. chapter 12 um, with the shaking, right? Once more yeah. I will shake and Christ will come back. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that's what we're waiting for. That's what we're longing for. And I say we're looking forward to Jesus, to his first coming. We're looking forward to his second coming. Yeah, like I said earlier, we're pretty much, right, we're Haggai's people. Yeah. We're, we're, we're still working in the temple. That's right. Until our king comes. Yeah. Like, that's literally where they're at. I think we, we have seen some of these promises fulfilled. Yeah. But this one of the kingdom, we are waiting for it when it will be fulfilled in its entirety. Because Hebrews is pointing that there will be a time when the Lord will shake everything. Yeah. But there's something that's going to remain that yeah. is going to be unshakable. Our, and that's our kingdom. his kingdom. That yeah. We are part of it. Right. And that's what we're looking forward to. It. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of my appeal at the end. Like, don't invest in things that will be shaken. Yeah. Right. Because we have a kingdom that will not be shaken. That's right. We can often live for this world, but what's he saying? It's it's gonna be gone. Like, yeah, it's here today, tomorrow it's gone. Uh, Michael, you wanna pray us out? Sure. Lord, we just give you thanks. We praise you because um, we are reminded through your word that you are the God Almighty, the God that has all the power to shake all the kingdoms that can possibly arise and fall this earth we, we just thank you that we can rest in your promises because you are our sovereign god that is above all things and who is above all these kingdoms that we are seeing in our daily lives rise and fall um, because we are awaiting in your promises that there will be a kingdom that you will establish um, that you have already started working and that you have made us part of so we just thank you because that's just possible through Jesus Christ. And we thank you because through repentance and faith in your son, Jesus Christ, we have become part of your temple, of your body, and we are going to be together with you for eternity. So thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you for the body of Park Baptist Church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.